One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. All right, we're coming right back in with another edition of the Sculptures Podcast. I'm your host, Edgar Amrickle. With me, as always, my good friend, decked out in Minnesota Twins gear right now, Mike Anderson. How you doing? I'm doing well. Twins won today. Twins won today. I think they won yesterday, too. They did. You know, they're, they're, they're rolling. But you know what? This is not the Twins Podcast, Mike. We can't be talking about the Twins. No. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings on their recent victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Perfect season remains. It's still intact. intact. It's still possible. 23 and 0. The it's dream is alive. It's there, man. It's there <clears throat> for the taking. Um, Vikings beat Cardinals 20 to 9. Um, <clears throat> kind of an interesting game. So, before we get into that, though, a couple items in the league we wanted to bring up here. A couple very big stories. Yeah. Number one, top of the key, Mike. Andrew Luck has retired from the NFL. Yeah. That's at age 29. It, it it's still weird to process that statement and. It's actually factual. Uh, yeah, um, I, I didn't. I don't think anyone saw this coming. No. And, and you know, you, you hear his reasons why, and I, I think you, you sympathize. You understand. Um, I think I saw a stat like they, the Indianapolis Colts until like last year had spent three draft picks on the offensive line the entire time he was yeah. there, um, and spent like a hundred twenty million or something in, in three years on defense. Um, so. <laughs> He was obviously getting hit. I think he's one of the, if not the most pressured, most sacked, most hit quarterback since him coming into the league. Yeah. Which is insane. So, I mean, I, I, from the physical standpoint to all of it, I, I completely understand it. And, you know, he, he did kind of similar to what Robert Smith did. Um, left early while he still had a lot left on the table just so he could enjoy his retirement and <coughs> not be in constant pain after he got done with the game. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he he still made quite a bit of money. Um, he's walking away at 29, at least for right now. Um, I know you and I were talking before the show about, you know, is there a chance that we could see Andrew Luck in the future at 29? Uh, there's still, you know, potentially some football left in the tank if if maybe he gets healthy, he gets right, he does some other things and right. uh, gets the itch again. Who knows? You well, know, I mean, you got some of these quarterbacks playing to 40, 41, right. 42, 43. And, at a high level. And, and he's certainly capable of doing that. Um, but like I said, it's, you know, he's got to be completely right and completely committed. And apparently this year, part of the conversation was is he was not 100% committed. And I think I think it's, it's right for someone that's not 100% there to step back and say, you know what, no, this isn't for me anymore. Yeah, I mean, mentally, uh, you know, he just wasn't there. It sounds like the foot or the ankle calf injury might have been, um, you know, a little bit more substantial than, than maybe was let on. And, uh, you know, it sounds like this conversation had been going on for, I don't know, a week, two weeks, a little while. Like, right. th- this wasn't something that was just a spur-of-the-moment decision. And, uh, you know, I know Colts fans are, are probably reeling right now. You know, you're probably feeling a lot of different emotions. And um, I think it's okay to be, you know, upset just at the fact that, you know, you were looking at having a really good team this year. You and I both had them in the AFC Championship game, and I think... Um, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely probably swinging that pick a different direction now. But, Absolutely, yes. Um, 
you know, it, it's just you can have a frustration about what you thought was going to be a really good year, and it, it definitely was, you know, revolved around Andrew Luck, but also a very good football team surrounding him. Uh, but I don't think you can be mad at, at Luck, right? You know, he gave his heart and soul, his body, uh, over the course of the last seven years, and, you know, was playing at a really high level. And I think he was on a, a Hall of Fame uh, trajectory. You know, I, I don't think that's a preposterous statement. I think certainly had he played out his career, he was he was probably headed that direction. Um, so, you know, where do they go from here? Obviously, Jacoby Brissett has to step in right now. Uh, I still think this is a pretty good football team. And, you know, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how far Brissett can take them. I don't know if they're looking to trade, if they're looking to at other options right now. But um, at the end of the day, these things happen in the NFL. Usually not to this caliber, but we've seen it before yep. in the last few years. And um, I mean, you know, look, where do they go from here? Look at this kind of as you know, he got injured in in the third preseason game, and and, and you're still dealing with the loss of him not being there. That, that's kind of a parallel you can draw here. Is yes, it it, it sucks that he's stepping away uh, from the team. You kind of feel like your heart's ripped out a little bit, but at the same time, he's doing what's best for himself, and you have no choice but to move forward. Like, there's there's no reason to dwell on this. It's his decision. If he chooses to stay away and never comes back to the game, yeah. you still got to figure out what you're going to do going forward. So, I mean, I, I think Green Bay fans are going to be in this, in this boat when Aaron Rodgers decides to either leave or retire, because you look at what uh, Indianapolis did. They went almost directly from Peyton to Luck. Yeah. So they went from Hall of Fame to Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So seeing where this all goes, I think it's going to be a very interesting storyline this year. And I think, like you mentioned, the Colts are a team that are, are very well set up to have success. Um, so bringing in Jacoby Brissett right behind Luck, I, I don't think he's going to struggle because he's got a lot surrounding him. So he, I think they're still going to be a competitive team. Like you said, though, I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to where we thought they were. No, I, I think you're right. I think they're they're still, overall, it's still a good football team around them, and they need now someone to come in and, and play like a Case Keenum did. You know, yep. uh, They need someone that can come in and just limit the mistakes. Um, Rally the troops a little bit around the guy because, yeah. you know, it's... And we've seen it. We've seen it before. Absolutely. Um, teams have won, uh, you know, with, with not what you would call superstar uh, quarterbacks. They've, they've won it all. So... Yep. Uh, to be determined for them, but uh, definitely a situation that you know I, I never thought we'd be talking about that. Right. <laughs> you know, this year, next year, probably within the next five years, honestly, with luck. So, um, yeah. Last last note on the luck situation. Um, wanted to mention that the Colts decided to waive their rights to recoup any money that uh, luck had been paid out. So he had, I think, he could technically be on the hook to pay back some signing bonus as well as a roster bonus he was paid this year, totaling somewhere around like 20-some-odd million. They decided to waive their right to recoup that money. So I think that's a very a very high-class move from the Colts organization saying, hey, you know what, thank you for, for what you gave us over the last few years. We hope you can you know enjoy your retirement a little bit better with this little extra chunk of cash. Because um, it, it sounds like they were ready to move forward with the situation they were in, and that's, that's it. You know, It's a very nice parting gift to luck from... Well, and I think it, it maintains a, it's almost a, a bridge as well, right? It, it maintains that relationship. Sure. And if, at, if, at, he, if he does decide to come back, right, he's like, okay. You, you know, that's the that's the direction he's going to go. And, and I think, you know, there might be um, a little more to it. But certainly, yes, a, a 
a gesture that I think they should have made. He did give a lot, you know, to, to that city, and, and I think uh, I love that move. It's a classy move, um, and I think it also sets them up. If he ever does want to come back, uh, that might be the, well, that will be the first call, I think. Uh, sure. That, you know, that's where it would go, so. so we'll find out. Only time can tell on that. Um, next couple things here that happened around the league. Um, Lamar Miller goes down with a torn ACL and, I think, MCL. I think he tore both, if oh, I'm okay, not mistaken. Really? Uh, that's, that's one report I saw. Um, so, <clears throat> Texans fans, that's kind of a, a blow. I think, weren't the Texans playing the Colts yesterday? Maybe do I have that wrong? Uh, they were playing. Oh, I think that's wrong. No, it was Cowboys, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, so Lamar Miller lost for the year. Um, sorry if you already drafted your fantasy league. Um, that kind of sucks, but he's down. I think the Texans traded for Duke Johnson, so they kind of have a couple of p- uh, options behind him there. I think I heard uh, Carlos Hyde is also not doing that well where he's at, so there might be another option there to potentially trade for Hyde. Um, so there's some options out there for the, uh, the Texans, but definitely not ideal to lose that big of a piece of your offense going forward and before the, even year, the year even starts. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough loss for them. And, you know, I think that they got to look at some other options. Maybe an Adrian Peterson, um, you know, heading back to the home state would, would potentially be a good fit now that uh, Darius Geist looked pretty good, I believe. I, I'd read about it in his preseason debut. Um, so, you know, maybe there's some options there, <clears throat> especially with the Trent Williams situation uh, in Washington. We know that we've talked about it before that Houston has one of the worst uh, offensive lines. So, Maybe there's some sort of blockbuster deal here that can that can come out of this, but um, yeah, it, we hate injuries. We've we've talked about it over the years. Um, you know, we're whether it be Aaron Rodgers or anyone, uh, you're not going to see you know either of us cheering for that. We want to see all teams operating at their highest level, and you know, see the best of the best play the best of the best. So uh, let's hope that Miller you know gets healthy and you Comes know is able to come back year, yeah. next year and, and and play through. Absolutely. Um, last item here, speaking of injuries, because I think this was yeah. a concern in this game, Oakland Green Bay played on 80-yard field <sighs> because apparently there was issues with the turf in the end zones that wasn't it wasn't acceptable or they thought it, it might cause a, a health risk to players. And you told me that Green Bay sat other starters because of that? Yeah, they ended up sitting, they sat like 33 players, including all starters. I guess this was in a Canadian Football League, and I think you're right, it was the field goal, the holes for the field goal posts. Uh, we're still holes, which, how does that happen? I mean, you would know about this game for <laughs> presumably more than <laughs> well, quite a while. Okay. But what similar thing happened with the game that was supposed to happen in Mexico last year. They knew that they knew the game was coming for months and months and months, and yet they still let the field get into a state that was not even close to being tenable for a game. I, I don't know, but anyway. And that game would have been a great game in Mexico. It's Holy also, God. also here's the thing, you know, those holes are right in the end zone, so why are you pulling Rodgers when, in reality, he's going to start 20 yards ahead of that? Like, I don't see how that hole comes into play for him on a, just, I don't know, it's mind-boggling but, to me. Okay, but Mike, if, if you're going to pull players, you should pull the the whole group of starters. I see what you did there. Yeah, you did? Okay. Uh, biggest news there, I think, is that uh, Rodgers probably will not play a snap in the preseason. And again, this is a new system. We've talked about it a couple weeks now. Uh, I think Green Bay is is 
in a dangerous spot right now because you've got a, a lot of new players in a new system and you've got a brutal schedule in Chicago, Minnesota, Philadelphia to start and they haven't played together that much. I could be a bloodbath. I would be a little concerned at the start of the season if I was a fan of the Green Bay Packers. But if you're listening to this, you're probably not. So you're probably reveling in this. And if if Green Bay goes to a zero and three start, I think any Vikings fan is going to be happy with that. I mean, even though they're really not a threat in this division this year, we that's what we think. Um, I mean, it's always good to have your division rival. You have an zero and three start. The Packer fans in the office, you just get to rub it in in their faces, and oh, it's such such a great feeling, Mike. Yeah, let's hope so. But anyway, on to the Vikings. On to the Vikings. We, we've talked enough about the week. Let's get on to the Vikings here. Um, first thing I want to talk about, Mike, this fumble thing. All right, I was at the game. We saw the direct angle right in front of it. Apparently, that angle was not available to the refs or was not shown on the TV. On TV, yeah. Um, now, if you're in the Twitter sphere, you would have seen this angle. Because it's literally right on the guy. Yeah. The, the ball is out when he's upright. I don't understand, one, how this wasn't called a fumble on the field. And two, why don't they have all those cameras running in preseason? If that preseason was there to get everyone ready for the regular season, that should include everything from top to bottom. I yeah. just I don't get it. How much does it cost to run a couple extra cameras? Well, but, I mean, it's, it's the whole production. I guess I see both sides from that standpoint. Um... I don't know. I, I, I can see why they don't have, you know, the full arsenal, um, all the cameras, all the angles, all the shots. But uh, I will say I was watching it, um, you know, from from home, and it looked like he was down uh, in live. You know, it's like, oh, the ball, it, it just looked like he had hit the ground. The ball came out after the fact. You know, they blew the whistle, came in. We only got the same basic replay a little bit, again, from the same side, and you couldn't tell. And we saw this. We saw the flag come out. It's like okay, they must be able to see something that we can't. Assumed we were going to get that replay. Never did. And then only a little bit later, you know, on Twitter, you're able to see very clearly that it right. was. But um, yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's anything more than that. It just on TV, we didn't have that. We didn't have that view. And I know you were at the game. You said you did, but we, I, oh. I you couldn't see it. It's frustrating because th- th- I think that that would have changed the entire momentum of the game, and I think the game would have been drastically different from then on obviously but i guess it's, it's just one of those things where you, you gotta hope that they actually figure that crap out for the, the regular season i don't and i don't know why the refs and the entire production doesn't treat this as their tune-up the same as any team does well you got to keep in mind the nfl doesn't make that much money so i mean they are not you know, not for yeah. profit i know so. so that's probably why i mean it's you know it's that's a good point mike you know we should probably cut them some slack the nfl is i mean they're barely scratching by as it is so you know i, I withdraw my complaint there i think you made a good case there yeah thank you okay. um moving on um offense um kind of an off game i i don't really know what to what to say here besides that i mean the first two preseason games it looked like they were clicking the first team Offense just seemed like they got on a good rhythm. They were going, and it doesn't didn't really seem like they were ever able to really settle into that in this game. I mean, you had Delvin breaking his run, which we'll touch on in, in a second here, but yeah. um, it just seemed like they were kind of off, and they were they were trying to force things. Yeah, it was a little it was off. Uh, definitely, it was a little clunky. Um, we had a couple opportunities that were missed. Obviously, Cousins missed a 
very long throw to uh, Diggs. Threw it long. Actually overthrown by, yeah, a fair amount, which I thought, you know, was pretty difficult to do because he's he's pretty fast, uh, fast receiver. But he's no moss, but he's pretty. Yeah, close. but it happened. Um, it looked like a couple times I mentioned to you, at least on TV, that uh, they ran a couple like quick slant routes, and it looked like Cousins knew, hey, listen. I'm going to take the snap, and I'm going to put that ball there. Um, Arizona uh, made a couple nice plays. Uh, I know it wasn't, you know, the elite Arizona defense. They were missing, I think, a couple of their top corners. But um, Guy still stepped up, made a couple nice plays. And then, yeah, Cousins looked a little off. He had a couple of bad throws. I think he was like 3 for 13. Um, <clears throat> you know, the running game, obviously, as we'll touch on here, had a, had a few... Uh, moments. I think BC Johnson had a couple of moments that um, you know really elevated his play. I think he's probably earned a spot on the team. We're going to touch on that momentarily. But yeah, definitely an off day um, for me. Not having Thielen out there, uh, which sounds like precautionary for soreness. I think obviously that's a huge, huge factor. Right. Um, Takes a lot of pressure off <laughs> of the guys behind him. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned. My concern is going to come in on the other side of the ball, and I know you're not concerned there, but you might be concerned on this side of the ball, so let's just hope that we're both right and, you know, there's both, no concerns. Both, both right in different yeah. areas. Yeah, so I guess moving on here because, you know, weird kind of game for the offense in general, but it seemed like Delvin Cook in his first preseason action was looking pretty solid. He had a couple nice, nice little short intermediate runs, and then he broke one for 85, which... Uh, yeah, 85 to the house. Yeah, that was Beautiful a, run. Just nice blocking. He made a great cut. Just split a couple defenders. Just kind of squirreled through yeah. there. So, um, Delvin Cook his first action, and I'm really glad they shut him down after that. Yeah, like you don't you don't need it anymore. That's it. No, I think it was apparent he's back. Uh, he looks quick. He, I mean, the moves are there. The moves are there. The recognition of where the holes are, where the cuts are, are there. No, he he looks like the real deal, and we've been talking about it the entire off season. Uh, we think he could be in it for a huge year, and I think this was a good indication that hopefully we are correct. Right, and that's the thing with the uh, the offensive line too that they looked really good on the run design plays. I mean, there, there's a couple there where they got swallowed up really quick, but the other team was bringing the house. It just seemed like it was right. kind of a, a mismatch of a, a play call, or the, the defense sniffed out exactly what we're doing. Um, so that's going to happen, um, but move the ball relatively effectively to the ground. I yeah. Think. Yep. Um, so you mentioned uh, Ola B.C. Johnson, otherwise known as B.C. Johnson. Had a pretty nice game. He's strung together a couple really nice games, and he's had some pretty impactful plays on special teams as well. So I think I'm right there with you. I think this guy's a lot to make the team. Yeah. And like we said before we started recording here, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a lock to be wide receiver three at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a lock to make the team for sure. Uh, we keep hearing that, you know, B.B. is a lock as well, but... You know, BB hasn't exactly been explosive in the preseason games. I'm, you know, he must be playing pretty well uh, from a practice standpoint. But um, you're you're starting to see maybe the the four of them separate. But for me, you know, it's like BC Johnson. Just he's looked like outside of Diggs and Thielen, looked like hands down the best receiver in the games this this preseason. So um, I think that's exciting. He made a couple nice plays after the catch, and uh, really, you know, I think you said seventh round pick. So, um, anytime a guy like that, you know, we just keep kind of catching lightning in a bottle with these receivers late in the late in the draft or not in the draft. Right. Yeah. It, it seems like that's where we're getting those guys to actually play good, and all the defensive guys you you, you see this high pedigree from them, and, and we turn those into what they should be. So, I guess never draft offensive guys early unless they're O line. I guess. 
Because it, it seems like that's that's kind of the the, the <coughs> dichotomy of the team. So I'm right there with you. It'll be interesting to see what that first depth chart looks like. Right. Um, moving on, Mike Boone had another nice game. Um, he's put together a string here of, of nice games. So I don't know where he sits on, on the roster because you're sitting at Cook with Madison and Ham. Those are the three lock. Then you have um, Abdullah, who's been doing really good in the return game, and you got Mike Boone, who seems he's doing really good in the run game. So I don't know where you go with this. You go with four, you go with five. What are you doing here? Is is, is Blazing game one of your guys as well? I, I don't know where you go with this because all these guys seem like they're having really good games and contributing a lot to the team. I don't know how you can cut one of these guys. I don't know. It's just It seems like it's the, the running back room is jam-packed full of talent. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's kind of a nice problem to have, right? I think Boone definitely is nice to see him actually get in the end zone and another nice game. I think that uh, for me, he's on he's on my roster right now, uh, and I I'm debating. Is it you know, are you pulling in four or five? And and I just I I'm tending to lean to four, especially with what's going on in special teams right now. Uh, you know. Well, I, I put this out there earlier, and, and this is this is my ten here. What if you go five and you keep two quarterbacks? But there's they're not going to keep two quarterbacks. I, I believe they will. I believe they can. I believe you keep two quarterbacks and you run with a fifth running back. I think if you keep two quarterbacks, it's so you can keep a fifth running back. Okay. So you, you're thinking... Uh, because I honestly, I think what you've seen from Abdullah in the return game, I don't think you can discount that. I think he's been probably the, the most solid returner that we've had in the but, preseason. But what about... You've got some guys that have some experience that they've they played around with, I think... Mike Boone returned kicks in, in college. Uh, I think BC yeah. Johnson did some punts. BB's well, done punts. I mean, all of the field you have because you had Hughes that returned punts and, and kicks. You had Hill that had, had some experience with them. I mean, even in preseason, you saw BB doing some. You saw. Um, so then, why? How do you justify keeping Abdullah just for the return aspect? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not justifying it just for the return aspect because I think he's also had some good plays in coverage. But it, it's the same argument for Cheryl's. How did you justify keeping Cheryl's as a corner? Because he is, he is a relative disaster as a corner, but you still kept him as a return specialist. Not even kick return specialist until like his last year here, but a punt return specialist. Yeah, that's I, what you kept him for. Right. I didn't want to do that. Right. But but I mean that's what the Vikings did. Right. My other thought here was, <clears throat> if you go two quarterbacks, you go five running backs. I think you also run. One less than normal on DBs, and here's why: because you have Curse that can play both safety and cornerback. He's played all over the field, and he's excels at almost anything you, you tell him to do. And you know you're going to have Hill back week nine. So worst case, should something happen, should some injury happen, you know that that's going to be coming up, and you have Curse that can play both spots. So you run a little bit light on DB, knowing you're going to get an injection. Of, of players at the back end of that, and then you run with five running backs, and maybe one clearly ends up showing right. that it's it's you know it's not there. It is right. I don't know. I think that there <clears throat> there's a lot of questions right going into the fourth game, which we won't see a lot of our starters or presumably none of our starters really getting any any time. So, uh, you know, I think coming in when we did the initial preseason show we thought a lot of this was going to be relatively clear cut and 
if anything, to me, it's it's gotten almost more unclear uh, right. for for what they're going to do. And it'll be interesting to see when uh, when when is the actual day. Did you did you happen to look up when the the roster? I didn't look it up, but I believe it's like two or three days after your last game. It'll be interesting to see what they do because I think you're right. You've got running you've got running backs, receivers, DBs, quarterback. Um, and then you still have the whole kicking, punting, holder situation that you know we're probably about to touch on. Uh, we'll you've got a lot of different spots where it's like, okay, well, if you keep this guy, then you don't need this guy. Or if you do this, then you can free up a spot for that. And right. and I just, I don't remember. I, I don't feel like the last couple of years it's been like this. There's, you there, know? Yeah, there's been like one position group where you think like this could get a little bit interesting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like you said, you have three or four different position groups here. That is going to be very interesting to see where they where they push and pull the roster slots uh, to make it happen for for what they think might might be going forward might be an injury concern or might be a depth concern. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see that cut down day and, and also to throw on the wrench in the whole thing. There are teams that are looking for trade partners for some fairly big names like Kenny Stills and, and, and stuff like that, which right. might not take that much to get. So you throw that wrench in there. Some of those guys that, that could come in here and take a roster spot, and all of a sudden now, stuff that you might have thought was more clear-cut than it was, now gets ambiguous because now yeah. you're bringing in a piece of talent from somewhere else. Well, I think especially, you know, talking about the wide receivers, you know, because you and I, I think on the same page here, I dig Thielen, uh, B.C. Johnson, and we've been told B.B. I mean, it's widely reported through basically any media outlet that, hey, B.B.'s in, he's doing some of the holding. Right. Um, so... But then outside of those four, who's, who's that? can you who's confidently that? say that you have a Treadwell, a Zilstra, right. Bedet? You really can't. You know, I, I don't know. So <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to be surprised on that one. I tell you what, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting cut down um, for several reasons. Um, but that's another show, Mike. Yeah. Um, right now, before we get into to Mr. Kyle Sluter. Sluter? Sluter? Sluter. Slaughter, 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 because it's not, it's not, it's not slaughter. It's not like I'm slaughtering you. Right. It's slaughter. I thought it was slaughter. Slaughter. Yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. Regardless, before we get into that, we're gonna do the quick break here, Mike, and we'll be back in a second. And we are back, Mike. Here to talk about potentially QB two, but probably QB three. Kyle Slaughter. Slaughter or slaughter. Yeah, we'll te- we texted him. We're gonna wait for verification on that. We'll, we'll get back to you. That'll be another podcast. So he continues to have good games, but apparently doesn't practice well. So what do we make of this guy? I don't have any change. He's we're taking three quarterbacks. He's QB three. We're taking three quarterbacks and yep. he's in there. Yep. Okay. Now, like I said, what if we don't take three quarterbacks? I don't. Th- th- I don't see it. He's not. He hasn't passed Mannion, I don't think. So, <clears throat> when I was at the game, the, the compatriot I was, I was with, um, shout out to, to Sir Kellen here, he had the, the basic idea, and I think I agree with his reasoning quite a lot, is if you, if you need a backup quarterback for a game or two, or even some part of a game, you want Mannion because he's safer, right? And he's, he's going to be able to get done what you want to get done with a little bit of help. But he's not the guy you want if Kirk Cousins tears his ACL week one. He's not the guy you want to, to carry the team the entire year. You want a slower. 
because a slow order is going to be a little bit more gunslinger, it's a little bit more Case Keenum-ish than Manning will be. Well, I think there's there's just potential for more upside, essentially, right? Right. And we don't know what he is. It's a high-variance thing, right? Because yeah. you go with a guy like Slaughter, you could get a Case Keenum-type year, or you could get a Case Keenum in Denver-type year. Right. There's, there's just a high-variance there. So you tend to more upside on that, or you just go with Manning, and you just you rely on everyone else to elevate their game to carry you, which yeah. I think the chances in that, in that scenario are... Worse with Mannion than with Slaughter. Yeah, I just, I mean, everything we're hearing is that Mannion um, brings a fair amount of experience to the table. Uh, he's been a great, you know, great ear, great uh, guy for Cousins. And I think just the fact that game in and game out through the three games, he's clearly been the number two option. Uh, I, I don't see as well as Slaughter's played in the preseason. And it's been very well over the course of his, you know, career here. I don't think he's he's leapfrogged him, and I don't think he can. So I think they've made that decision. I think they're going to, uh, if anything, maybe they were considering rolling with two. And Slaughter's played his played himself into keeping three, but I I think that's really where we're at. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I don't know if I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but I I just. It doesn't make any sense that they would keep him over Mannion the way they've done things in this preseason. It makes no sense. I think I 100% tend to agree. And, and, you know, there's, there's going to be people out there that disagree here. It's very similar to, like, the Teddy Bridgewater debate. It's There's people on either side, and, and you're never going to get them to agree on it. But um, clearly that decision's been made. So you can argue all you want that, that Slaughter it, should be the QB. Yeah, you're it's, wasting your breath. His, his play, and I've seen it all over. You're right. There's... there's on Twitter, there's the Slaughter fanatics that are like, he's playing so well. You know, he it's a no-brainer. He's here. But there's somebody that said that he's better than Cousins. They've which is made like, Get out of here. they've made the decision, yeah. and they're not moving him up to play with you know the twos, so to so to speak, necessarily. Um, I, I just I think this piece is set in All my right. in my mind. It's set. It's set. It's done. Let's move on. Okay. Vikings defense, Mike. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, Rhodes. This is uh, um, Rhodes were pretty open. They were. This was my big takeaway. Uh, I, I thought, other than Dalvin, um, what I think I had three big ones here. You know, Dalvin looking great. Uh, Rhodes was definitely up there though as well. Rhodes did not look good. And if, if those of you that watched the game on TV, um, there were just some plays where it's like, what what are you doing? Like, are you trying right now? Yeah. You know, and and I know you're saying it's it's a preseason game. He might be out there just to get. A little bit of live action, but then my question is, why are you out there at that point? Um, if you're I, not going to give the effort and give the hundred percent measure, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just it didn't look good, and I don't know. I, I guess I am a little concerned, and I was concerned about Rhodes coming into the year. I said that I think we might be past peak Rhodes, uh, but I mean to be fair, like I said, I think Rhodes have, has typically started out pretty slow um, as years have gone by, so. I guess that's that's one reason why I feel a little bit less concerned because this is typical Rose that we've seen. Now, maybe we haven't seen it quite as bad as this in the preseason, but I think every single year we've seen a slow start from Rhodes, and it seems like he kind of just eases into it, and then once he's there, he's there. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it, it's a preseason game uh, that he didn't look good for, I don't know, three, four plays. Looked bad, let's put it that way. Uh, but then again, it is a preseason game. 
and you know, week no, one. No game planning. There's no really true. Stuff but going but on, guess so, what? Yeah. You know, week one, he's going to be lining up against the receiver named Julio Jones. I'm not sure if you've uh, heard of him or not, but uh, no, is he, was he a new draft pick or something? <laughs> I will tell you if if Rhodes plays anywhere near what he was doing this week, uh, you're going to want to start Julio Jones in all of your fantasy leagues, and it might be a, a long game. Uh, come September eighth. All right, so so basically we should uh, we should look out for that. Either he's going to shut him down, or he's going to be giving up four touchdowns. Well, I, we'll see. But uh, definitely a bit concerning, and you know I just did, I didn't like what I saw there. This is bad. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess moving on to someone who continues to have good games, J Ron, J Ron, J Ron, yeah. curse. Just continues to make plays all over the field. Love this kid. Um, I, I don't know if I can say enough about this guy, but what are your take on Jaron Kersey? No, I think Kurse and then the next point here with Alexander, both of them, again, made some nice plays, and uh, it's good. We've been talking about it all preseason. I think they've really elevated their level of play, and <laughs> if Rhodes continues to look like he did this game, we're going to need that. So, um, you know, I think we're assuming that's not going to happen, and they can just be... Um, you know, additional pieces to what should be a, a pretty good defense. So it's it's exciting. Uh, I think that they bring, uh, you know, almost a. Uh, it's like they're going to be the big play guys. You know, that, that's how I've kind of got them in my mind. They're going to come in and and they're going to be doing kind of the the sneaky things. Maybe make the big tackle for loss. Sure. Um, make the tipped pass and and I just. I don't know. I've I've loved what I've seen. They've been probably two of my favorite players to watch this preseason. Some a couple of plays that, that really stood out to me is, is they, um, Arizona tried to run a couple screens and Mac immediately had it sniffed out and made tackles on both of them immediately. Um, and I love to see that commitment. I love to see that that read that this is what's going on. I'm going to go after it, committing to it, and then being right on there is just you cannot undersell how valuable it is in a corner that makes that commitment and is right most of the time when he does that kind of commitment. Yep. Um, so Alexander Mack as as the nickel cornerback, absolutely love it. We saw him turn it up last year, end of the year. Um, so hoping he continues that. One guy we didn't even mention because he hasn't played yet, he's on PUP, and he might enter the season on PUP, which would shut him down to at least week six, but that hasn't decided yet. Mike Hughes. We didn't even talk about this guy. And this guy last year had a very good start to the season before he got injured. Yeah. So, I mean, we got these two guys here, but Mike Hughes, like you said, should should road struggle. You got Hughes, who flashed very well last year. So, what, what do we think we expect from him if he's not on the pup? Well, I think that that's the big question, right? Because I'm probably not at this point. It's just been a little bit mum, right? Uh, I guess for me, I'm probably leaning that we're not going to see Mike Hughes week one. Um, but, you know, I, I, I could be off on that. I just think that we would probably be hearing a little bit more about the progress if indeed he's going to be ready to line up here. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're what? Uh, two weeks uh, from today for the Vikes, right? Yeah. No, I think it's like a week and a day before cut down, right? No, but I mean, uh, for week one. Yes, yes. So, you know, just that's where I'm at with Hughes. It's like, okay, he is he going to be ready to rock in two weeks, full go? And I just don't know that I, I, with what we've been able to kind of 
the limited amount that we've been able to read and hear about it, I just don't see it. So, um, yeah. but yes, let's say when Hughes does come back, I'm excited. I think he uh, also brings that big play potential. Loved what he saw last year. I think he had a pick six. Yep, against um, You know, uh, confident young player that's going to be looking to come back from his injury. So I think it's going to be great, uh, a great piece to come in. And yeah, the idea there is that uh, maybe he he steps up for Rhodes. Uh, Hopefully in the future, maybe not this year, but maybe if it's needed this year, he's able to do that um, a little earlier than, than we would have expected uh, he would. So, Absolutely, Mike. Um, so I'm not really concerned about the defense. You are. Let's hope you're wrong. Let's hope I'm right in there. You're not really concerned about the offense. I am. Let's hope I'm wrong there. But yeah. I think we're both concerned about this next point, Mike. I'm not. It's, it's your favorite topic. I, I remain oh. confident in Dan Bailey. Okay, yeah, but if Dan Bailey isn't on the roster, then you can be, remain... I don't see how you cut Dan Bailey right. right now. <clears throat> anyway, hashtag KickerWatch2019. Again, first off, Mike, what the hell? What is going on? I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't think Zimmer knows. So Zimmer quoted it in his press conference, I believe. Maybe we should just go for two. Maybe you, I am coming aboard your plan. Like, just don't roster a kicker. Like, why is this so hard? But, so, okay, so basically, here's here's what happens, right? <clears throat> Zimmer says, okay, yeah, so we traded for Vedvik. And then since then, Wiley or Weil has been punting really well. Bailey's been kicking really well. Um, I mean, Vedvik had a couple nice punts, like last week. This week, his kicking was absolutely horrid. Only made an extra point. Both his field goals were missed. I think one of them was a 35, and the other one was like, what, 43, something like that? 53, I think. Was it 53? Yeah. Regardless, both of them were, were just off, and it's... It's an extreme frustration on my part because you trade a fifth-round pick for this guy, he's probably going to make the roster, but where the hell does he make the roster at? I don't know. He's the worst kicker out of three, and we traded for him. Well, and... and I did think, you just set a fifth-round pick on fire? I, I think for me, and I didn't expect this, it's like they're letting him kick the field goals in the preseason, so is Zimmer's thought that if he would have made those, that yes, indeed, you actually are moving Bailey out, which the whole time was the guy that I thought was the lock, but we're not seeing him come out for these field goal kicks. So so you understand the frustration here of what the hell is going on. Oh, yeah, and Zimmer's quote, do you have the quote? Because it was, it was pretty funny. Um, Hold on a second, we, we can find this quick. It was something like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. Or no, they asked, what, do you, what, what, is you, what do you need to see to make a decision, I think, is what was asked to him. And he was like, honestly, I don't really know. Uh, he, he was very concerned about Vedvik missing. And it's just, yeah, there's no clarity. Uh, a guy that I didn't even think was going to be on the team for this game, and, and Matt and uh, Matt Weil, Wiley. Uh, Wiley Weil, whatever it is. He actually had a, a punt or two and ran down, was high-fiving the special teams unit, looking like he's ready and wants to make the team. So it's just this whole mess of a situation, and let's hope and that we just score what, touchdowns. You know what? Screw it, Mike. I'm going to go like I did last year. Remember remember when I said this last year and you thought this was a crazy idea, but it would have ended up being a perfect idea? Uh, no, but I might in a moment. What are we... Uh... Remember last year I said when we drafted Daniel Carlson, I yes. said, hey... We have an extra roster spot because we have someone coming off of suspension in four games. We should carry both, what was it, Kai Forbath and Daniel Carlson. You thought that was crazy. But no, they're not going to do that. They didn't do that. But had we done that, we would have had Kai Forbath immediately to step in for Daniel Carlson. Wouldn't have had to do the whole, the whole Dan Bailey thing, right? Why don't we just keep four kickers? 
Fedvik, Wiley, and Melee. And just make this a whole circus. Because then I can talk about it for another couple weeks. I think i got to get you a Bailey uh, jersey. You know what? I think we have our bet. Like, right, what, it's, he's got to be like top three in the league or something like that? No, top five, I think. Top five? Was, yeah. So I'm probably going to be buying my own Bailey jersey at this rate. I think that actually the perfect storm and what is most likely to come out of this is that Bailey comes out and is just the most accurate kicker in the NFL this year for us. Okay, how do we double down that bet? Because I do not believe that's going to happen. How do we double down this bet? Well, I'm ready just, to double down. I, before I double down, i got to make sure that he is indeed going to be the kicker. No, 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 no. You don't get that choice. <laughs> uh, when, when do we think we're going to get clarity on this? Uh, in four weeks. So... Like I said, we're going to lose the game to special teams. It's going to be because of kicking. And we're going to kick out whoever we choose as kicker. And we're going to be in the same spot we were last year. Is there a chance in your mind that all three, uh, Vedvik, Wiley, Bailey, make the team? Is there a chance? No, because Mike Zimmer is more conventional than that. Okay. If so it's going to be smart, two. I think they would bring all three in and just say, just I don't know what the hell they're going to do, man. I, I don't know. Ugh, it hurts my brain thinking about the kicking situation here, Mike. And I think, I think Wiley was holding for Vedvik. Yes, he was. So this is just the most. Oh God. Well, I don't know. You understand the first because like Vedvik apparently kicks really well when when BB's holding, but he sucks when Wiley's holding. So is that part of the problem? What do you do there? You say okay, Vedvik's your punter, and when Vedvik kicks, it's BB holding. And then when when it's Bailey kicking, it's Vedvik holding. And then do we go with their conventional wisdom of Vedvik's the punter, and you deal with the kind of the hang time issues? Bailey's your field goal kicker up to like fifty yards. Vedvik handles kickoffs in the long field. I don't know, Mike. I don't know. <sighs> hey, week one is only two weeks away, baby. Yes, and we don't understand who our kicker is and our punter. I don't know if you understand. One of the last times that we played—not the last—not the last time. Several years ago, the last time we played Atlanta in 1998. Remember what happened there, Mike? We uh, lost because of kicking. Yes, I do. I do recall 98. Yeah. So, Mike, I need you to tell me it's going to be okay. It is. Bailey's going to be money this year. For another team. <sighs> For the Vikings. There will not be a kicker issue this year. I just, I want to believe that, Mike, but I'm just, I'm not there yet. I've been, I've stuck with it the entire time, and I'm not going away from it. Bailey's going to be just fine. There will not be a kicking issue from a field goal standpoint with the Minnesota Vikings this year. I still don't believe you, because I, I, I think we're going to, we're going to have issues. If you have three kickers, you really have none. Just point it out. In Bailey, we trust. And you trust. You trust. Not not me. I'm not on that cart yet. Well, Did you see last year? I just need Zimmer to be on that cart. Did you see last year, Mike? He wasn't that bad last year. He wasn't that good either. Okay. Anyway, anything else we want to talk about here before we move on? No. The uh, here, preseason game four. Probably won't even... Uh, tune in too close to that one just because really it's one of my favorite ones to watch well yeah i suppose you're right because i, you I guess we do have a lot of that trying to make rosters yeah it's awesome yeah you're right if you're into that um 
you know, tune in. And if not, you're kind of going into this uh, two-week waiting period. Uh, there will be NFL in, what, week and a half, though, Green Bay, Chicago on Correct, Thursday. Yep. Uh, but we're getting close. So I think, realistically, as a Vikings fan, over the next week or so, other than that fourth preseason game, you got to watch closely some of the battles. Uh, let's hope that some of the guys can get healthy in Linval, um, Brian O'Neill, mm-hmm. Mike Hughes, monitor that situation. And Morgan? Uh, David Morgan. I'm not holding my breath on that one. but uh, Yeah, I think he'll start the season on Pup. But. but, yeah, we'll monitor those you know, four or five guys, and then hopefully we get a little bit of clarity in these position battles. Maybe one or two guys emerge, yep. and ultimately it's going to be kind of fun to watch uh, how the Vikings craft that final roster, and then, hey, we got to get ready for Atlanta because, like we mentioned, it's a pretty damn good football team that's going to be coming in here, and they're going to be motivated. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Look forward to that, man. Look forward to that. It's going to be an interesting... Start interesting planning your game day weeks. menus. Yep. You know, what are you going to have in the grill? What are you going to have in the smoker? Well, for the Atlanta game, I'll be at the game, so... Right. I'll, I'll be buying... If you're not at the game, game, you know, start... I think it's key. But, Start planning out the uh, pregame. Yeah, wings. What are, you, what are you making for dip? You know. Yeah. Are you, are, are you getting the the nice like the the handmade chips? Or are you gonna just get the the Tostitos? Because I think it's chip quality matters, Mike. Oh, chip quality definitely matters. So I, I think you got to go high class there. I mean, especially the start of the season. It also depends on what the, the right. what the dip is. Right. Because so, I'll vary the chip with the dip. Okay, standard guacamole. What are you, what are you rolling with chip wise? Ooh, standard guac, I like to go with the actual uh, blue, the blue corn. Um, nice. Blue corn with, uh, the, I, the brand I buy has got a little bit of spice to them as well. Okay. So uh goes great with, with my guac. I like a little heat though, so I throw a little heat in the guac as well. All right, medium to hot salsa, what, what are you grabbing for chip? Well, dep- oh, medium to hot salsa, what yeah, do I have for yeah. chip? Then, see, this is where I like the Tostitos. So, I actually, so, I'm actually so standard okay. Tosti- Hint of lime or regular? No, regular. Okay, regular. Yeah. All right. So, what if you're doing some type of cheese cheese dip, like a, like your um, buffalo chicken dip? Cheese dip. See, that's where you need a you need a firm chip. You need a you need a chip that's going to stand up. So it's like a handmade thicker type chip. Yeah, that's where you spend a little bit of the money. Um, you know, and, and and honestly, I'm prepared to do a full show on dips, uh, pregame. You know, recipes. Wings, you know, smoking smokers. You know, brats, mustards. I could do a whole show on mustards. You, you could do an entire podcast on mustards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of want to see that, Mike. Well, maybe we'll do kicking and mustards. Okay, well, we, okay but we already did a show called Cutting the Mustard. So that should have been there. <sighs> All right. We, we're digressing here. This is the end of the show. Well, that's another podcast, Mike, the, the whole pregame rituals and, and the food for, for imbibing some football, if you Order will. your jersey. That's another thing you should do if you haven't. Yeah. If, if get you your want, gear. If, get your fan gear. If you haven't got a jersey in a while, perfect time to get one. Perfect. You get one of the classics. You can get a Linval jersey. Go to eBay. Great. You know what? eBay's been eBay, great, great, great option. You can get autographed ones there. Side note, eBay, if you're ever in the market for some nice Oakleys, go to eBay. You get it from like a quarter of the price. Really? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Brand new. They, I mean, they're, they're floor models. They were like the display model, but they're perfect. I've got like three pairs there. They've been perfect. Go to eBay. Get your Oakways there. And your jerseys there, apparently. Right, yeah. But do that. Um, yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. All right. We're going to wrap up, Mike. On the Twitter. We're getting I'm, close. I'm at Namak7. Muskie underscore Mike. 
we're over there. Part of the Climb in the Pocket Network, now on the Daily Norseman. You're probably hearing us on Stitcher, iTunes, something like that. We're on all of them. So tell your friends that, hey, they can find us. We're Ramp there. it up. You know, we're getting ready for the season. Two weeks away, football is almost back officially. And I'm excited. Amen. Excited, man. Skull Vikings, let's go, buddy. Skull.